0: Hello plant friends Thank you for joining me again this week I am just kind of in a really good mood Because it is finally fall It's just barely October Um, But I'm kind of excited because it's finally cooled down some Because we had a late September cold front push through And the temperatures have dropped down to Reasonable temperatures At least for most part of the day You know, waking up to mid 50s, um, even one one day with low 50s, it's just been so awesome. And even though we get up to the 90s um, some days, we get some cool weather too. So that is awesome. Yay. I'm so glad for that. But also, yay, because it's officially fall. It's officially the best planting season in Central Texas because we can plant pretty much everything now. It's, The perfect time for putting in trees shrubs and perennial plants because there is just enough time to get those plants in the ground so they can put all their energy into getting their roots established planting in the fall allows them time to develop a strong root system before they go dormant in the winter and then in the springtime when they wake up and they start to emerge they can focus on growing stems, leaves, and flowers. Now, if you waited until spring to plant um, these things, they would spend all their energy on getting their roots established in the springtime. Um, so you kind of get a jump start on all the parts of growth that you see above ground. Plant in the fall. is a great time. Okay, so if you guys caught the previous show, I had told you that I was going to devote this show to talking about planting wildflowers, because if you want spring Texas wildflowers, you got to plant before Thanksgiving, so you need to be thinking about it. Think about all of those pretty spring flowers, blue bonnets, red corn poppies, the bright orange paintbrush flowers. Wine cups, cone flowers, horsemen, all all of those, all of them, um, they got to hit the ground this fall. So you got to be thinking about that. Got to be making plans if you haven't had them already. I've got to make a decision soon. Um, and I got to make a decision about what I want to do because the past couple of years um, really haven't been really great for blue bonnets at my house. And I'm not exactly sure why. Um, some years they have just been really nice, um, and it just makes me hopeful that, um, next spring will be a good year for blue bonnets, but I'm also kind of wanting to try something different. Maybe plant something else there where I normally have the blue bonnets and maybe put the blue bonnets somewhere else in the yard. Maybe they'll do better. I don't know, um, but I got to make that decision because I got to buy my seeds And my recommendation, um, my preference is always to buy seeds and plants locally through independent nurseries. Um, I try to do that when I can, um, but can't always get stuff um, from them. Um, But things like if I want to buy bulk seed and they don't have it, um, I would like to recommend two companies, uh, two seed companies, and they're both fairly local Wild Seed Farms and Native American Seed. Both are based in Central Texas, Wild Seed Farms is in Fredericksburg, out in the hill country, and Native American Seeds is located in Junction, which is about an hour further west of Fredericksburg. Both companies focus on native Texas wildflowers, and they have really nice catalogs, and of course, great seeds. If you have an interest in conservation and ecology, the Native American seed catalog is a really great resource. It's full of information, um, especially on native grasses and why you should plant them and what type to get for very specific reasons or situations um and it does a really good job of recommending seeds for specific areas like the blackland prairie like we have here in Taylor or like the Edwards Plateau which is on the west side of 35 lots of these spring blooming wildflowers just don't transplant well they have to be started from seeds you also won't find a lot of wildflower transplants available at the nurseries either. And that's because some plants just don't want to have their roots disturbed at all. You have to throw them in the soil and let them grow and once they are in the soil, that's where they want to stay. Blue bonnet transplants aren't hard to find. It's pretty easy to find blue bonnet transplants. And you might find a few of the herbaceous wildflowers as transplants, but They're few and far in between. Personally, I think uh, the blue bonnet transplants are kind of expensive for what you get, Um, and seeds are definitely a much better value. Individually, one wildflower plant will put out a really pretty flower, but it's when you have multiple plants and hundreds and hundreds of plants, that is what makes for a spectacular scene. And that's what we all want, We want tons and tons of flowers, and really the only affordable way to get them is to plant seeds, and you can easily spend 5 or $6 on one bluebonnet plant, but for the same amount, you could get a whole bunch of seeds. You could get like 200 bluebonnet seeds for the same price. Transplants, of course, do save time, and there's a better chance that they're going to be successful, but one blue bonnet plant that you just kind of impulse buy at the grocery store is still just one plant and one or two plants is not going to give you the really impressive display like you see uh, along the roadsides but it's still fun to have them um so you can pick up one or two and stick that in with your other flowers if you want just know that they're not going to bloom continuously like the summer annuals do marigolds and zinnias petunias or vinca they they bloom a lot longer than the spring blooming texas wildflowers now just like all other plants wildflowers need the right conditions to grow and having a pretty little wildflower patch isn't quite as simple as just tossing a packet of seeds in the grass you might get lucky and you might have something wonderful pop up But that's kind of unusual. Uh, That kind of casual approach rarely results in amazing displays, at least not in a reliable or predictable way. Site selection and prep are the most important things for wildflowers. Even though they are supposed to be wild and carefree and easy Most of us living in residential neighborhoods, we are going to have to replicate the conditions to be a bit more what wildflowers have out in the wild. And that does not include turf grass, but with a little effort, you can have a a nice little wildflower patch in your yard, but we have to get started in the fall and it's the perfect time to figure out where we're gonna put our wildflowers. When it comes to wildflowers, site selection might be the most important thing. You wanna find a spot that gets full sun, which means six to eight hours of direct sunlight. Once you find a spot that gets good full sun, make sure it's well draining. If it's a spot that stays soggy then other parts of the yard like after rain or it's soggy from sort of runoff situation like a gutter downspout, then you don't wanna choose that spot for your spring wildflowers. These moist areas seem like a good place to plant things, um, but not wildflowers. They don't like to have soggy roots and they won't grow like how we want them to. So look for a spot that has full sun and is well draining. Here in Taylor and our part of Central Texas, that should not be too terribly challenging. In, in town, older neighborhoods are more likely to have well-established trees, so not enough sun might actually be an issue in certain, spot, uh, certain spots in your yard, but any spot that you know gets six to eight hours of sun and is in a swampy mess is gonna be good for spring wildflowers. Now, if you have a little more property to work with, and like maybe you have a nice big oversized lot, um, something that you want to consider is water. Now, wildflowers don't want too much water, but they need some water because the wildflower seeds need to get started and they're gonna grow through the fall and the winter. Now we tend to associate drought with the summertime, you know, the relentless, blazing hot sun and then weeks and weeks with no rainfall like we just went through this past summer. But you gotta remember here in Central Texas, we can actually have fall and winter drought conditions. And we're kinda teetering. We might already still be in drought conditions. I'll have to check that. But um It's been a while since we've had some rain, and um, if we don't get some more rain, we can be in a drought through winter too. So water is an important consideration. If we don't get some decent rainfall, are you gonna be able to water your wildflower patch? Is your hose gonna reach that far? I'm just asking because I have made that, that mistake before. Um, I've planted things too far away from my water source and I've had to stand there with like my thumb over the end of the hose and try to spray like a stupid arch, trying to get the water over to the, uh, plants. And of course that is like a dumb way to water. It's very ineffective and a poor watering practice, but it is kind of fun. Okay, anyway, back to water. Um, If you've been in Central Texas um, for a while, you've probably noticed um, the spring wildflowers and thought or heard, oh, this is a really good year for um, the wildflowers. And, you know, a good year with lots and lots of wildflowers means that we got some decent rain during The fall and the winter so think about the water your watering situation for your wildflowers another thing to think about when looking for a place for your wildflower patch what's currently growing there or what isn't growing there if not much is growing in that spot then it may not be the best spot for wildflowers either in the condition that it is, but you can make it into a good spot to grow some things. It's just gonna take some time to transform it. Heavily compacted soil or areas with poor soil, those like that aren't gonna make good wildflower patches, but you can work the soil and add extras like compost and mulch, but it won't be an instant fix, and you might not get the results you envision, at least not the first year. But if it's a nice patch with some happy plants in there, even if they're weeds, because you know, weeds can be happy. They can be happy plants. You may not want them there, but they're happy and thriving. Um, Anyway, a nice patch with happy plants can be a good spot for wildflowers. But with these wildflowers, they don't like competition. They really cannot be bothered to grow if there are more assertive plants around, so you're gonna have to get rid of them. Um, And if they're very assertive and aggressive, like turf grasses, and that's pretty much what we have in our yards, um, you're gonna have to work on that too, because turf grasses are very aggressive. When they are happy and established, They will grow into thick, dense mats with a decent amount of attention. You can have a really nice lawn, but you won't be able to grow anything else in it. And delicate wildflowers aren't going to be able to thrive in a lawn. So Bermuda, St. Augustine, Zoysia, they can grow so thick that they will suffocate out all other plants. If you are looking for a natural and sustainable way to improve the soil in your garden without spending a fortune on expensive soil amendments, try planting a cover crop. Cover crops have been used in agriculture for thousands of years as a way to naturally and sustainably improve soil quality. Cover crops aren't just for large-scale farming. Backyard gardeners can plant cover crops too. Planted in the ground, in raised beds, and even in containers, cover crops keep soil bacteria healthy, add nutrients, and prevent erosion while attracting pollinators and other beneficial insects. True Leaf Market offers a great selection of cover crop seeds, including their best-selling all-purpose garden cover crop mix, which is really popular with backyard gardeners. Order online at trueleafmarket.com. And be sure to use promo code PH15 to save 15% on cover crop seeds at trueleafmarket.com. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you'll go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and check out the station and learn all about the great shows and music coming out of our station broadcasting from Taylor, Texas. Then head over to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the Plow and Hose podcast. If you like the ability of playing, pausing, rewinding my show whenever you want, be sure to download some episodes and leave a review. This is gonna help others find the show and downloading Plow and Hose helps provide me with some show statistics. And that's a really good thing. Okay, so like I said earlier, lawns and wildflowers really don't go together. Now, all of those pretty wildflowers that we see along the side of the road, they look like they're growing in the grass. And they are, they just aren't growing in traditional short blade turf grass like we have in our yards. The grass that you see growing with the wildflowers are native grasses. These grasses grow differently because they're different varieties, different plants. The traditional turf grasses that we grow for yards at home, they grow really thick and dense like a mat. They typically send out runners that spread horizontally and they send out short blades of grass, and they don't really get particularly tall. There are some mat-forming native grasses like buffalo grass, but they don't get near as thick or dense like St. Augustine. The native grasses tend to be more sparse, and they will actually allow wildflowers to grow. The mat-forming native grasses also only get to be Mm, eight, nine inches tall, so they don't shade out young wildflowers. Other native grasses, like little bluestem and grandma, they grow in clumps. And other plants, like wildflowers, are able to grow between the clumps. And since these clumping grasses grow taller, they actually help hold up taller and lankier flowers like coneflowers and sunflowers they help hold them up and support them so native grasses don't compete with native wildflowers they complement them but you know just because we live in town or don't have a large space to put in a native wildflower meadow it doesn't mean we can't have some nice wildflowers we just have to plan a little bit differently if you have an existing bed that you want to use, use it. Wildflowers don't need clumps of grass, um, and they don't have to grow like in a in a meadow or anything. You know, just clean up your bed and put out your seed. It's a really great option, especially if you don't plan on growing anything over the, fl- over the fall or in the winter. And definitely, you know, if you have some vegetable beds and you're not using... Um, for the fall or winter, you know, there's no rules about what you can grow in those beds. You know, if you're not going to be growing a winter crop, put in some wildflowers, just go for it. If you are going to be planting a winter vegetable garden, then, you know, you can come up with another plan. You know, just find a well-draining spot in full sun for your wildflowers. You don't have to make a formal space. That's that's the charm of wildflowers. They are just beautiful wherever they are. Whether you have them in a, a defined intentional space or if they're totally left untended, it just depends on what your goals are. Wildflowers definitely can be grown in a lawn space, but you just can't expect to have wildflowers, and a thick, lush lawn. Wildflowers are generally one of two types of plants, annuals or perennials. Annuals grow flower and set seed in one season. Annuals don't come back year after year, like the individual plants don't keep coming back they spend all of their energy growing blooming and making seeds once they form seeds they slow down on the blooming then they drop their seeds and die it's those seeds that will make new plants the next year and they just keep repeating the cycle over and over year after year perennials come back every year from the same plant most of our texas spring wildflowers like blue. Blue bonnets are annuals. If you have a well-established lawn and you really want wildflowers, you just have to be okay with tearing up the grass and allowing wildflowers to grow until they set seed and die. And that's not the prettiest part of having a wildflower patch. But if you want your patch to reseed and naturalize, you have to let the seed pods mature before you mow them over or pull them up. When they are dry, you can leave them or you can collect some to save for the next year or share with other people. If you leave them on the plants, they will eventually dry out, split open, and the seeds will fall out on their own. You don't have to let them read seed, but you won't get new plants. You can always pull up the plants when they get ugly and just plan on redoing your your patch every fall and start over with new seeds. Once you decide where to put your wildflower patch, if it's part of your lawn space, you will need to remove that grass. And you can use like a rototiller and tear up the grass you need to break up that dense, thick grass to make room for your wildflower seeds so they can grow. You only need to dig down an inch or two, just deep enough to expose the soil, and then rake up all that grass and put it in your compost pile. A tiller really isn't necessary to remove the grass. It makes it easier to get the grass up, especially if you're planning on a large patch but you can just use a shovel and scalp off the grass sod has a pretty shallow root system so it's not too terrible to dig it out with a shovel after you get the grass dug up then you're just about ready to um, plant your seeds you will want to do a little research on the seeds before you plant them mainly which you wanna figure out is how much seed to buy and how deep they need to be planted. And most of the time, seed packet will tell you that spacing information, but from my experience, get more seed than you think you need. So if you think one packet of seed will cover the area, just go ahead and get two. If your wildflower patch is fairly large, you're gonna to have to do some measuring and calculating to find out how much seed you'll need. For really large areas, you're gonna wanna buy in bulk. You don't wanna buy in packets. And you'll be able to order bulk seeds in ounces, but also in pounds too, depends on how much you want. But for me, it's always better to put out a little bit more because not all seeds are going to germinate. And I figure if I get more seedlings than I expect, it's easy enough to thin them out. Some of the wildflower seeds are very tiny and they're kind of hard to spread evenly. But to make it easier, you can mix the seeds with a little bit of sand. You can put the sand and the seeds in a broadcast spreader and spread them over your bed or your wildflower patch, your area that you've prepared. broadcast spreader looks kind of like a handheld grain hopper or some sort of grinder you put your material in the top and then you turn the handle on the side and then it slings out the seeds from the bottom it spins them out they do um, a good job of spreading the material evenly but you don't have to go and buy one you can just use your hand and kind of toss the sand and the seeds um, out onto the your prepared area. You kind of get a rhythm as you are tossing them out. Um, Another thing that I have done that I like to do is um, if you have like an old Parmesan shaker or one of those big spice shakers, um, you can use that too with the sand and the seeds. Um, Any shaker with large holes is gonna help you distribute your seeds evenly. Once you have your seeds Spread in your prepared wildflower patch. Press them gently into the ground. You, you don't have to cover them with extra soil, but you do want the seeds to be firmly in contact with the soil. This is really important because the seeds are going to get the water and the nutrients from the ground, so you want them to have really good seed-to-soil contact. And all you have to do is, like, gently walk over the seeds. Your weight is gonna be enough to tamp down the seeds. After that, water your seeds with a fine sprinkler, but do it very, very gently because you don't wanna overdo it and wash your seeds away. Just a fine sprinkle, just enough to get the ground moist. And then, after that, you just gotta be patient some seeds like red corn poppies they germinate like in two weeks others take their sweet time and you practically have to give up on them before they will germinate like blue bonnets they take up to like 75 days to germinate blue bonnets um they're legumes and they related to peas and mimosa trees and like all legumes, they help improve the soil because they are nitrogen fixers. Legumes work with the soil bacteria to convert nitrogen gas into a form of nitrogen that plants can use. This is great because nitrogen is a key plant nutrient that is responsible for keeping leaves healthy and green. Legumes have thick seed coats, so they benefit from soaking overnight. So the night before you're ready to plant your blue bonnet seeds, soak them in a bowl of water. This is gonna help soften that hard, thick outer coating, and it's gonna help your um, blue bonnet seeds germinate, and they might even germinate a little bit faster while you're waiting for those seedlings to pop up. If it hasn't rained, you can give them some water. For best results, you should keep your new wildflower bed moist for four to six weeks. Nature doesn't always ensure that we get rain, but watering regularly, um, you'll have more spring wildflowers if you help them out with a little bit of supplemental water. Once your new baby seedlings come up and they're about an inch or two tall, then you can cut back on the watering. Since you are planting native wildflowers, they really don't need much more once they get established. You don't have to add fertilizer. Um, You don't have to do that, they should be fine. They aren't going to put on blossoms until the springtime. And if you pick a nice sunny location, and they get established that's all you really need to do personally i like the wildflower patches that have just one or two varieties i like seeing hundreds of the same flower so that's what i plan i just love that big punch of color but if you're on If you are limited on space or you want more continuous color, you could look into planting a mix of seeds. Do just a bit of research and figure out what you want out of a wildflower mix. Maybe you want to attract bees or butterflies to your patch, or maybe you want several different colors of the same plant. But read the labels um, and see what you're getting. One really fantastic resource is wildflower.org. It's this fantastic website for learning all about native Texas plants. It's the um, website for the Ladybird Johnson Wildflower Center that is located in South Austin. It's crazy for me to believe that there is this amazing 300 acre wildflower center just a few miles south of downtown Austin and just an hour really away from uh, us here in Taylor it's a wonderful beautiful garden full of native plants and demonstration gardens it's an incredible place to visit in the springtime when the blue bonnets are in full bloom and you know it's a really nice place to visit pretty much any time of the year um, and they have an absolutely wonderful children's garden and it's an inspirational place and it's totally make you want to redo your garden if you go visit okay well enjoy this cooler weather it's super great thank you for joining me again i hope you have a wonderful time catch you next time